here oh, we yeah. go oh, yeah. again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and John and Brandon. And boys, today we are going to preview this coming Saturday's UFC Fight Night, headlined by Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson. Then Brandon is going to hit us with another one of his facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. If we got some time, we're going to play a little game of who said it where I'll give these guys, or should I say these turds, a quote, and they're going to have to tell me which fighter said it. Pretty self-explanatory there, boys. Then finally, per usual, we will finish off with all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, which this week features Dana White's response as to why he did not put the belt on Francis Ngannou, all that and more. But first, boys, how are we doing this week, episode 61? I had a bone to pick with you two. Oh, geez. Right off the bat. Holy cow. Okay. Coming in hot. So I've noticed Mm -hmm. just recently, and I don't know why, because it's only been a year, but I've noticed that when you announce, you know, your name right from the beginning, we are your host and you say Nate, right? Sure. You do nothing special. No. It's just Nate, right? I did last week. You? Yeah, last week. What I do? You I said it doesn't matter. Yeah, I said it. John, before John said it, I said it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Okay, I so did the rock. That was like the first thing matter. you've done in probably yeah. a year, right? Yeah. And then if it's followed by John, who usually does something silly. Every so time. So then it, usually there's like this weird pressure, I feel like I yeah, either have to do is. something or you, don't. You do. But no. you don't have that. No, because I'm first. And it's never addressed. I'm first. Well, here's the thing I'm giving you a chance to be yourself, and you <laughs> fold every time and try to do something different. Yes. But that's not you, Brandon. You know who you are? Who am I? Brandon. I'm going to go back to it then. Please. I mean, here's the thing. What, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> but Brandon. Here, here's Brandon. the thing, though. I'm also kind of pushing you out of your shell by challenging you mm. with my extra energy or extra thing I'm doing. I and See, I don't mind that, but I feel like it's not spread evenly. That's my issue. I feel like I can do what I want. Yeah. How me, about that? Me too. So, all right. Fair enough. How about that? I like it. <laughs> I feel like that's what we've all been doing. Yeah. So. Look at you. Look at Brandon making a, uh, what is it, a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Always. Right off the bat. That's like literally what I do. Is that some spilled milk? <laughs> uh, boys, what is going on? How are we doing today? How is everybody's week? What do we got going on? John, we were just talking about the NFL playoffs. Cincinnati Bengals. Shiesty Joe. Let's go. <laughs> good good to go. Uh, Rams and Niners playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Your boy Robbie Gold just hit a, a hit field goal at halftime. You know what's crazy? So Tom Brady, well, I don't know that Tom Brady's retired, but we'll just say Tom Brady's retired for the sake of this. Because as of right now, that's what they're saying. Patrick Mahomes and the, the Chiefs are the new Tom Brady yeah. backslash New England Patriots. Yeah. Like, where did this, I mean, it's funny because the hate seems to come more from his brother and his yeah. uh, fiance or wife, or mm. I don't know if they're married, I think fiance, yeah. whatever. Um Because they're more like viral TikTok. Right. And like, it, it is pretty cringy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cause they're like his brother Brandon. Cause I know you don't know, but no. his his brother like before every game spends like forty five minutes just to film like one TikTok on the sideline. So he's just like sitting here doing this dance like over and over. Like, uh. oh yeah, he like <laughs> he like cusses out fans during the game. Oh yeah, and then he gets like, like cr- and then like uh, last week his like fiance like champagne showered the whole like crowd under her from her like her booth. So like people hate them, which like I also saw. I feel like it's more of like a social media thing because I also saw a lot of love given. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, um, I don't know that I think that's like total. I think it's hate from everybody that's not a Chiefs yeah, fan. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what Tom Brady and the Patriots yeah. were. And so it's like everybody today was rooting for Patrick Mahomes 
and the Chiefs to lose, right. which is like just insane to me because Patrick Mahomes is such a good dude. Oh, it yeah. seems like like everybody hates him. Oh, doesn't doesn't isn't Brady a pretty good dude too? People just don't like yeah, him. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, he's yeah. very he's very competitive. Don't listen to John. He's a Colts fan. Well, that, Colt, means I, that means I've seen him more than you. Colt, Colts fans <laughs> hate Tom Brady. Oh, for sure. I was telling somebody yeah. at work, I was like, because he wants to get like all those autographed jersey mystery boxes. And his wife was like, well, what if you get somebody you don't like? And he was like, I like football, man. They're probably not. Yeah. I was like, listen, most people I'm probably keeping like, oh, this is a cool guy. Sure. Tom Brady, I'm selling him Sure, sure. For like half price. Yeah. People hate, in Indiana, hate Tom Brady. Because because yeah. Manny can never get past him, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the Jordan thing. Yeah, Jordan blocked the Pacers multiple times from getting a chance to a ring, and then same with Brady. I think so. he's great. Oh, he's a hundred percent great. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I, you know I'm a Bears fan, and I think you know, so I just don't have that like that rivalry. What about what about Rogers? Yeah, I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I know, but you, you love to hate him though, right? Yeah, he's so good, right? Like so good at football. Um, but now yeah, these guys are are cycling out, so we need new guys though. So how crazy though would it be if it's the Cincinnati Bengals versus San Francisco 49ers? Nobody would have predicted that. I feel like it's 1988 or oh, something. Oh yeah, it's a <laughs> whoever bet on that at the beginning of the year is going to be. Uh, I know buying all the crypto. I know. Well, uh, what else, boys? Anything going on this week? Anybody have anything before we get into the pod? I got and where we talk on. about MMA. What's the most adult thing you had to buy this week? Oh, nothing. Yeah. I don't have any adult things to buy right now. I got to buy sidewalk salt because my, yeah. my driveway is getting pretty bad. Yeah, I don't. I mean, my adulting will probably start this week because I do return mm. to work. Mm. So, unfortunately. Wah, wah. Yeah, so I don't have any adult You're back to obligations right now. Taxpaying adult. I do need to buy new work shoes. Mm. Um, I should have bought that, but I didn't. Uh, I re-upped my gym package with my personal trainer. Nice. But that's not really. I mean, that's kind of adult. It's more like an, uh, I don't know. It's pretty. I was going to say it's not really a necessity, but it is. It's an investment I in your it. body. Yeah, That's an sure. adult. What about sure. you? Uh, probably like dress clothes for a wedding next weekend. Nice. Yeah. What'd you go with? I want to, what's Dude, dress clothes? I, had, I literally Black hate. t-shirt. Here's the thing. I dress hate. slacks. <laughs> That's, it's funny you say that because that was what I wanted to wear. Um, no, just some black dress pants and like a dress, like a, I don't know what color it is, like a light dress shirt, kind of cream colored. I feel like it's gonna look terrible. Probably. I don't. I don't. Look, I don't look good in dress clothes, man. I do not pull them off, dude. I don't either. I don't. I, I don't. Don't even feel bad. But that's why you got to go with the I, suit, man. Yeah, suits. You can always go with like a jacket. You, you look. You look snazzy at the wedding. Yeah. Let's be. If, let's be honest. Yeah, but I was. I was in the wedding, so like. Yeah. Yeah. If you go with, just if, go re-rent that. It. I like as a big dude when you've got like a belly. Dress shirts tucked in are no bueno. Yeah, ever, yeah. never. There's just no way to make that look good, man. <laughs> no. no way. You're you're gonna take every time you have to wear a dress shirt. You're taking an L. Yeah, yeah. I hate funerals. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I understand it. Um, so if I don't care about you or you're not related to me, don't plan on me being there. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Send some flowers or something. Yeah. Uh, well, boys, before we get into the episode, we do have. Well, we should have a Matt talk this Wednesday. Um, like we previewed last week, uh, Mark Slater, Coliseum mm-hmm. Combat's very own promoter. Um, we should have that up this Wednesday. It is Sunday. We are planning on doing it Monday. Right. Barring anything, I, I hate putting them out there because we have had it before where, you know, just circumstances happen, right? right. Things happen. So um, make sure you're following us at Neon Belly Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if for whatever reason something comes up tomorrow, we cannot do this interview. Uh, we'll put it up there. But if you're listening to this, plan on coming back this Wednesday for a Matt Talk yeah. with Mark Slater. If we, if we make it there, we'll put it in our story that we're there so you guys know. <laughs> Very Be true. Uh, John, you just said something. So let the people know what we need them to do 
each and every week. Listen, man. I mean, we tell you this, but I'm going to keep telling you. We need you to get on your Apple podcast, and we need you to rate us five stars. Give, leave us a review. We need you to subscribe to things. We need you on Spotify. We need you on iHeart. We need you on whatever you listen on. Get on there, man. Get on our Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast. We post stuff. We do videos, funny videos. So get on there and do that. Argue with Brandon or something in the comments. We keep on asking you guys to do it. You never do it, but <laughs> he's waiting. He ain't going to check it. We'll have to tell him because he has a flip phone, but he'll do it. Very true. But is, I still love you. Is this mic sounding okay? Are yeah. you guys hearing anything? Yeah. Maybe it's just no. mine. You guys heard feedback last week. I mean, yeah, it was from mine. Yeah, I'm feeling something funny. I just want to make sure it's sounding I'm clear. Good to go this yeah, okay, clear. no clipping or anything? Nope. Okay, okay, cool. All right, as long as you guys don't hear it. <laughs> but yeah, do that. Yeah, but do that. Yeah, do all that that John <laughs> just said. Um, we're going to get into some UFC MMA talk. Big talk. Yeah, for you MMA guys. For you MMA guys. Boys, this Saturday night, February 5th, UFC fight night. We got a main event. Mm-hmm. Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson. Um, since returning to mid uh, middleweight in 2020, Sean Strickland has gone a perfect 4-0 and in the UFC, fellas. Mm-hmm. His most uh, recent win was a decision victory over Uriah Hall in July of last year. Um, on the other side, you have the Joker, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Jack is struggling a bit for, I'll say, some consistency in his career right now. Mm-hmm. Currently sitting at 2-2 two and two in his last four. Um, he's literally won one, lost one right. in his last four fights. Um, most recently beat Edmund Shabazian last May. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty dominant performance, I would say, um, utilizing a lot of good wrestling. Um, this is back-to-back main events now for Sean Strickland, yeah. um, who is the sizable favorite here. But... He is facing a guy in Jack Hermanson who's definitely no stranger to main events yeah, and biggest big fight fights. For sure, yes, yeah. and he uh, definitely holds an advantage there, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you guys thinking for this one? Because, um, like I said, Sean Strickland's a big betting favorite going into mm-hmm. this, but Hermanson does have a lot of experience in big right. moments and big fights with main events. This only being sh- – it is Strickland's consecutive second uh, main event, but only his second main event in mm-hmm. his UFC career. Go ahead. Would you guys say that this is? Did you say this was Strickland's biggest fight or yeah. Hermanson's? Strickland's, Strickland's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. All right. Yeah. No, I would. I mean, Hermanson. You know, two fights ago beat Kevin Gastelum. I mean, right. that was a huge win for him. And mm-hmm. then he a, yeah. he lost the next one to Marvin Vittori. Um, you know, he beats Marvin Vittori in that spot. Marvin, we're talking about. Jack Hermanson probably fighting Izzy over that Marvin Vittori right. fight. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he was that close mm-hmm. um, to it. You know, so he is. He is a very big challenge, and this is definitely Strickland's biggest challenge to date, I would say. So I think stylistically, and at least this is my impression, um, if Hermanson doesn't get this fight to the ground, it's going to be a long night for him. 100%. Um, And just even going back to that Shabazian fight Hermanson had, what I I, because I watched that a few days ago, what really stood out to me was when it wasn't on the ground, Hermanson was getting tagged, and he was getting tagged often. Um, and Strickland looked really good against Hall, really with his jab, I think was kind of one of the big sticking points. He really was able to get that thrown out there and, and keep Hall away and just touch him up. And I feel like that's going to be sort of the game plans coming in. Hermanson's going to want to take him down. Strickland's going to try to jab him up and just piece him the whole fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if, if you look at that Shabazian fight, the first round, Jack shot some really bad takedown attempts just out in the open. Yeah. Couldn't really stop him from going forward. Second round got to the takedown immediately. But when he was on top, when he's on top of you, his control is really good. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, like, the Usman fight for Strickland, obviously that was a while ago. Sure, and he was at 170. Right, and at 170. So he was depleting a lot, yeah. But he had no answer for yeah. Usman on top of him. Sure. And obviously he's a workhorse, but, like, in that fight, it basically got to the point where he was trying to throw strikes. 
he ended up getting taken down and couldn't get back up from right. it, um, which could be happening here if Hermanson uses his takedowns correctly. But he was letting Shabazian back him up, and if you let Sean Strickland just right. come forward with those straight punches, it's going to be real tough. The only thing I would say is Strickland has this thing about standing straight up when he strikes, mm-hmm. and he throws those straight punches, which could leave him open to takedowns if Hermanson times it outright. But it's it's really tough to go against Strickland after that last because it's all about kind of what you've done lately. Yeah. In that last fight, he just looked so dominant. He just looked yeah. like a cardio machine. Yeah. He's so tough and rugged that I don't know if Hermanson can use striking enough to get to him, but if they get to a scramble, it does get interesting. Yeah, I really like Strickland in this fight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he like you guys kind of just echoing what you guys said, he isn't prolifically great at anything, right? He's being tough. But he's, well, he's just good at the basics. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's good at, and he sticks to it. A lot of one-twos going to throw, you know, a big left, you know, hook three here and there. Um, If he knows he's got you hurt backing up, you know, then he starts opening up, maybe getting a little wild with his swing a little bit. Um, But just the pressure that he brings um, to me is a matchup nightmare for Mm -hmm. Hermanson in this fight. Because, you know, in that Shabazzian fight, what did Hermanson have to do, right? He had to back Shabazzian up to right. the cage to get the takedowns. They they even talked about it on commentary in that fight, right? Hermanson is more of a Greco-Roman. You know, he wants to work that upper body, you know, pummeling and getting over on, you know, he's looking more for that. He's not going to shoot a big blast double leg in the middle of the octagon, When he right? tries, it looks silly. Yeah, yeah, and it's very desperate, and that's where Strickland is going to make Hermanson pay for something like that mm-hmm. um, in a fight like this, and Strickland's super tough. Like you guys said, his cardio is just phenomenal, um, but yeah, Hermanson's definitely going to have to try to find a way to use his striking, which we haven't really seen him do mm-hmm. to back Strickland up. I mean, we have seen him do it, but I think it's different to do it against a guy like Strickland who is not yeah. willing to give an inch. He is wanting to come forward the entire fight. Um, but I do think if Hermanson, who does have a lot of experience in, like I said, big fights like this, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a complete one-sided affair here where Strickland's going to run away with it because if Jack's on his night and can find a way to do everything we just talked about, he, if he gets him to the ground, I think he'll finish him. I think he could too. I mean, there, there's definitely that possibility like because guys he's like a Calvin finisher. aren't getting yeah. finished and some of these other guys. Right. I mean, he, he's beat like Jacare. He's beat some really good guys. When was the last time you saw Kevin Gaslam get finished? Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it, but it's just getting there. He did sure. use some leg kicks in that Shabazzian fight. If he could get to some of that, just do something to make right. it to where he's not just moving forward and can do what he wants because he's going to eat your punches. He's going to come forward with straight shots and throw L. he's going to do all the gritty stuff. Yeah. So you have to find a way to change up your game. But like I said, I do think if Hermanson can get him on his back, I think that he could hold him there. Sure. Who knows what happens as you get into the later rounds. You know, we're talking about a main event, so – it could get interesting. Aside from the fight, like just kind of personal thoughts or feelings, what do you guys think about Sean Strickland? Like, you know, I just sent you guys, told you guys to go look, watch his house tour on it. Did you guys watch? I mean, John no, did. You yet, didn't watch no. it yet. I saw you sent that. I man. mean, it's funny. I mean, it's pretty funny just because it's him. But like, Sean Strickland for the UFC is a PR nightmare, right? Oh, he's gosh. a little bit racist. He's yeah. a little bit homophobic. Yeah. Uh, he's um, a lot of bit not PC at all. I mean, says whatever he wants. And, and like, it's not fair to call him a little bit right. Let me take that back. But he's been very open about his past with like being a neo-Nazi. And like, I mean, that makes you a little bit racist. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's hard to just like get past that, but I don't think right. he is yeah. currently today a race. You know, I mean, he's even said like he's past that. He doesn't, it was just silly. He had mm-hmm. no reason to feel that way. Um, but should a guy like Strickland, I mean, if he beats Jack Hermanson, right, mm-hmm. he's theoretically, in my book, I think he's one 
if you're really being mean to him two fights away mm-hmm. from a title shot. Um, I don't yeah. like him necessarily matching up against a guy like Izzy, um, but even mm-hmm. to be in a big title shot picture like that. <laughs> Can you like, imagine the build-up between like him and Vittori or something? Oh, my gosh, dude. I, I don't know. Like, I just think – and then, like, what do you guys think? Did you guys – so have you guys seen – there was a bit of controversy with him not too long ago. I think it's been within the past like month or two um, where he posted a video knocking out one mm-hmm. of his training partners. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that? You know, I, I'm not because like I know guys like Chael Sonnen, you know, came out and defended him. I was like, oh, you know, he was a great training partner for me. He definitely goes hard. But this and that. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like maybe he didn't intentionally go out and knock that guy out but he made the choice to go post that on social media and to me i think that's wrong like i think mm-hmm. john you had talked yeah. about last week he's been training at extreme couture and eric nixick yeah kind of talked a lot yeah about, he came out and basically said when we started i told him like that's not how not we do fly. stuff yeah he said you know we've had instances at the gym where guys will like bullies will come in or yeah you know people get dealt with but we don't even publicize that and i agree i think you know, you can't be, but you can't be posting videos. You no. knock out training partners because if you want, go ahead, go ahead. Is, is that something he's done more than once? I feel like there's a couple. Well, videos. there was the whole Orlando Sanchez thing where they kind of had their thing, but that wasn't really like I wouldn't really classify that as being wrong. Um, but it does come across like bullyish, and even if you watch, like I'm not saying that guy that he was sparring against wasn't maybe a trained fighter. I don't know who it was. Right. He wasn't somebody I recognize. But he didn't look like a UFC caliber fighter. Yeah. I mean, he could be. I mean, he could be a world class, you know, champion. <laughs> but Strickland, you could see the difference in skill. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like he was like at Extreme Couture and like you know he went and he knocked out you know who we're gonna talk about next, Punalele Soriano, who trains mm-hmm. there as well. Like right. you know that would have been like oh whoa you know that's kind of interesting actually. It would just seem mm-hmm. like some guy that probably does like kickboxing classes yeah, or something. It, you know there's there's video. I mean there, you can literally look up UFC fighters knocking out training partners. You know there's a video of right. John Jones doing it, Donald Cerrone. Well I mean we've seen the Izzy Hooker. You know yeah. they po- they've made those public, but they don't knock each other. No out, right. They're going really and hard not only on that is usually those videos are posted by somebody else at the gym who maybe was recording sure. it or it wasn't so yeah. I, I don't know and, and i think maybe his personality i know makes a, it tough because he's such a like kind of a heel sure in that term to where it's like when he does that you're just like ah man he's yeah. out here just knocking out random people but i do right. think p- posting it is like some i don't know i'm not a big fan of it but it fits his personality what was the did he have a caption to it i i don't know no i've just seen the video i'm sure he did um we could probably look it up but mm. i mean yeah it was just he hits him with like a head kick and the dude goes out pretty cold. Um, but I mean, even if you make that decision to post it, I just feel like a little weird about that because this guy, like, I'm not saying like the knockout, you know, things happen in training, you know, it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff happens. But to then go and like this guy gave his body up for you to train, right? Like mm-hmm. he's sacrificing something to allow you to get better and then to go kind of like, I mean, that guy, I don't, I don't know, he might not even be a fighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then he just goes back out in the regular world, and he's just the guy. You know, he just got humiliated in front of, like... Yeah, I don't, and like he said, I would be curious to know if he had, like, a caption or anything to it, but... John, are you looking it up? Um, yeah, I'm trying to find it. But knowing his personality, like, the stuff he says, right. you know, it, I wouldn't put it past him to post something like that. You know what I mean? I don't feel like he's a guy who 
you know, gets too into the emotional side or the feeling side of things for other people. So the caption says, my inner voice, Sean, don't do it. Sean, don't do it. Oops, I did it. Yeah, so he's clowning the dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like, he's, like, like, he's like laughing at him and like the dude's yeah. laying out, knocked out behind him and he's just like. Yeah, it's just, you can go to his Instagram and, and check it out. But, yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying. Like this guy just gave his body up for you to, you know, to spar and train. So then like to make him look like a bit of a fool where it's like, you know, it's kind of different when you inherently take that risk like you're stepping into an octagon you've mm. signed a contract you know the, i mean you sign a contract to go train but you know what i'm saying like you're just there to train to get better and, right. and like stuff does i mean believe me look at my my ankle right now right, right? like stuff happens <laughs> yeah. in training right. it just happens you know so i don't know i i don't like that stuff no um i'm not i'm not necessarily like anti sean strickland because there are aspects i can appreciate a guy that's just willing to say like this is who i am right. take it or leave it like i respect that um I just think it's interesting to think because especially leading up to this fight, he has done so many yeah. interviews that the UFC has got to be like blowing him up. Like, dude, you cannot <laughs> yeah. say that. He's, he's like the MMA version of Brandon. It's like, I'm going to be me. No, he's worse <laughs> than Brandon. I won't even, I don't even want to do that to Brandon. Uh, <laughs> no, it, here's the thing. You know, we talked about, you know, just to get into like the picks. I was, I wanted to give Hermanson a chance. Sure. But then I seen, there's a video you can look up where this is something that Sean Strickland does. He does three-on-one sparring sessions where three people in the gym. These aren't UFC fighter type of guys either. These three, he's like run. they're in this big circle, and he's running around hitting one, turning around, hitting another. One guy grabs his leg. There's two guys on his yeah. legs, and he's like punching the other guy. That's like part of what he does. Well, Eric Nixick said that he spars Francis, and like they're not like, he's like, you know, we're not, we're not crazy about him doing it, but he's like, dude, he just comes in here and shit talks Francis and like yeah. into sparring him. He Shout out to our boy Schaefer, but he's basically Schaefer, right? Like, yeah. If anybody knows James Schaefer, who go check out the Matt talk we did with him. But right, it's like a they're virtually identically. Virtually where, where's where, where's he, Mike Goldberg? He right? wakes up like let's fight. Like <laughs> yeah. he chooses violence every morning. Yeah, so I, I'm going Strickland in that fight. How um, do you got him? What are you thinking? I, I'm I think uh, I'm gonna say third round TKO. I think he wears him out, and eventually it just ends up getting a little too much. I really do like Hermanson, and I do like his chances if he gets him on his back. But I just think, especially going later into the fight, that Strickland can do that all day, and it's going to be really tough as far as his game plan. I got to go with my boy, the Joker. I knew you would. I got to. I knew you would. And. Because you love you some Jack I do. (laughs) So, okay. I've been thinking about this all day. So, I I feel like realistically. Can I say something real quick? I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was bidding on cards earlier, sports cards, mm-hmm. UFC Select. There was a Jack Hermanson. I literally tried to – he was in, like, a lot. There was, like, a red uh, prism Jack Hermanson. I literally tried to win it just to give it to you. Oh, wow. I, I, was, I didn't win it. Dude, because there's uh, – John knows this guy. His name's Bushido. Oh, Bushido no. is in the chat, dude. He's the he Sean Strickland me. of sniping cards. Oh, dude, <laughs> he's the yeah. Worst. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> Bushido snapped, uh, sniped me, but uh. I was like, I'm winning this just to give this card to Brandon, but I ended up losing Next it. time. But I know you're, because I know you're a Jackerman. Yeah, that would have been awesome. All right, so I, it's either going to be a decision or I feel like he's going to submit him. I'm gonna go. Uh, I feel like the safe bet decision. I'm gonna. I have no points. I'm gonna go with unanimous decision. I Jack I disagree with you. Oh boy. I I'm gonna go Sean Strickland. I'm going Sean Strickland unanimous decision. I think if anybody finishes this fight, it's Hermanson. I think Hermanson is um, a little bit more of a finisher. Like I said, mm-hmm. I mean Strickland does hit hard. He cracks. You know, he cracked um, Uriah Hall pretty hard. Um, I could see a TKO. Maybe for Strickland drops and maybe gets on top of him, lands some bombs. But like I said, Strickland, I mean, he's not like a crazy, like, knockout power guy. Mm-hmm. He's just a grinder, man. Right. Mm-hmm. But I could see 
Hermanson taking him down, wearing him out, subbing him, yeah. maybe. But I am going to go Strickland, unanimous decision, and that's my final answer. Yeah, I don't know if Hermanson gets to a decision just because he's going to have to get through those that pressure and those straightforward. Punch. I mean, if he starts getting takedowns and he can get him over and over, then I could definitely see. I feel like he's. That. I feel like that's what it's going to be. He's going to take him down and hold him the whole fight, and that's if he wins, and that's going to be three oh, rounds. Hopefully, they don't lock up and he does hit him with that Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> elbow <laughs> little, pop, little mm. crank action. Yeah. Uh, boys, one reason why I love these fight nights is because we get to see. The young guns, right? We get to yeah. see these new contenders coming up. And this co-main event, or at least the co-main event on ESPN as of right now, that's always subject to change on the Neon Belly podcast. And tra- trademarks. <laughs> trademarks. Um, but right now, the co-main event, two guys I'm really excited about going into this year, uh, Puna Alele Soriano versus Nick's Ma- Nick Maximov. Not Mov. We, we figured that out before. Maximov. Um, it's very rare to get a shot in the UFC after just five professional fights but mm-hmm. that's the case for both of these guys right they both went five and oh got on dana white's contender series and the rest is history um both really young middleweight contenders um but that just tells you how good these guys are right yeah to get five professional fights outside of the ufc and then you're in the ufc that's like we've all been fans for a really long time you don't see this Mm-mm. very often Not outside of heavyweight no um soriano was a perfect eight no in his mma mma career before facing brendan allen uh who handed him his first professional loss in july of last year mm-hmm. maximov however is still undefeated a perfect seven and oh uh he trains out of stockton california with the diaz's mm-hmm. which is funny because he almost talks like this he sounds just like it's me. so weird it's it's it silly how weird much, yeah. dude literally he's from russia what? Nice. Yes. His family, uh, he was born, I think he was born in Russia, and then his family immigrated over here. They, I've, I saw the whole story. They talked about it on commentary. Um, but sounds just like a Diaz. It's so it's so messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won, <laughs> he won his, uh, I don't really count the contender series as like a first UFC fight. Yeah. Um, but he did win his contender series, but he won his first official UFC fight last September, a unanimous decision victory over Cody Brundage. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you guys know, especially last year, how big I was on Soriano. I was very high on him as a new new guy, new mm-hmm. blood. Um, obviously, hype. Obviously, got a bit derailed by Brendan Allen there. Um, but I like what I saw uh, watching the potential of Maximov as well. I really like how these two match up. What do you guys think? Okay, so the first thing, the big thing I thought was cool about Maximov, so his contender series fight was a heavyweight. No way. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a lot of see, most of his fights it. have been heavyweight and light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. No way, and he's fighting. He's a one and he's, He has a wow. fight where he was outweighed by like fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. That's because you know how the heavyweight two hundred five and up. Yeah, so he he just kind of took wow. fights where he could get them. And then, um, but I watched, I rewatched the Brendan Allen fight um, <sighs> for Sterling, and I feel like the big problem for him in that fight was the size differential because I feel like he's got a piston like that left oh, hand crazy. if he can get that thing down the pipe and he sorry you're talking about sorry yeah sorry yeah. so if he gets that thing and he like man it just straight down the pipe he landed yeah. it like two or three times against who he just knocked out I can't say the guy's name starts with a T oh Todorovic Todorovic yeah, yeah. that Ooh. fight he landed that like yeah. two or three times and the it was just flush fight before that same thing mm-hmm. yeah but I feel like the reason he had issues with burning out was just that I feel like he just couldn't get yeah. inside nearly as much as he wanted he just had issues with the with the length the reach and that's kind of what would give him some problems so I like him in this matchup a lot because I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue the reach at least but stylistically it's a really good fight because Maximov is a really 
decent grappler too. So yeah, well, Brendan Allen lit him up with those body. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I've seen that much damage from body kicks either. That was just a crazy performance. Like he smothered you know, him really. Yeah, well. Yeah, and some guys come in and it's just like their night. And I think for mm-hmm. Brendan, I'm not I don't want to take anything away from Brendan Allen. I'm not saying he got he's so tough, he's so good. Um, but he came in that night. And I don't know if any, you know, like there's some fights you just like. I don't know if anybody was going to beat this guy on this. Like the universe came together and mm-hmm. this guy just flawlessly performed. Yeah. I think yeah. that was Brendan Allen. Well, and even but. in that fight, he made an adjustment to those body kicks that Brendan Allen was letting. He started throwing that left at the right. same time and cracking him. Um, and I agree. I think that it's that it's kind of be that left hand against Maximo's single leg. Yeah, he has a really good deep single leg that he'll switch over to your back. And I know he um, he works with the wrestling coach with Diaz's mm-hmm. camp really well, and he does a lot of submission underground. Like yep. he's he's a really really good um, grappler. But I think I mean I think I think this is the whole you know grappler versus striker. But his striking isn't really all that. So if he, no. if he eats some of those straight lefts, it gets very interesting. Um, but he comes from the gym with Diaz is so I feel like you kind of have this reputation of not yeah. getting dropped not getting knocked down you knocked do out. until you don't I mean mm-hmm. yeah. it'll be, it's be interesting to see if he can take it yeah. but you don't see a lot of striking exchanges in his fights he'll back up and let you swing just for him to duck under for a takedown like he doesn't yeah. engage in a lot of striking so well yeah, and, and you know, sorry, I mean, Soriano, like you guys said, crazy power, but he does struggle with cardio a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Even in his, um, the Todorovic and the fight before that, which were both first round finishes, he was very noticeably gassed, even within the first round, but he just threw everything with bad. I mean, he throws everything 100%. Mm-hmm. I agree with Brandon. When he straightens his punches out, though, I mean, he looks like even more dangerous. Um, but however, being at Extreme Couture with Eric Nixig, you know, we just saw it with Francis. I have faith in this fight he's that he's gonna fix yeah. he's gonna fix these issues. And I think a loss to a guy like Brandon Allen and the way that he lost, you know, has probably forced him with a really good team to go back, reevaluate a lot of his game, and I'm really looking for him to do that here. Um, I do agree Maximov is probably the more well-rounded fighter in terms of ground game. Chains takedowns together really well. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like, however, is he does get a bit desperate um, with a lot of his takes down, takedowns. Take and, and he just, like, you know, they even talked about it in his last fight where he just arms wide out and just kind of tries to grab guys. Um, I personally like Soriano here in this fight, especially if he has focused more on that cardio aspect of his game. A little no, unknown fact about him, too, he's a D3 wrestling All-American. He's, he's displayed, Yeah, he's displayed really good takedown defense and takedowns in the UFC. Um, I obviously think he holds a, a, a bit of an advantage in the striking, especially with his power more more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um and if at any point, if Maximov does get desperate with any of those takedowns, I mean, he's going to make him pay. And mm-hmm. and like the the guy Maximov, um, the Bordeaux, Bordeaux, or Brundage that he fought before, that guy made him pay too a yeah. couple times in that fight when he got real desperate. Um, it's just going to be Soriano's. I, I think more than the striker grappler. I think this is going to come down to Soriano's cardio. If mm-hmm. he can handle, I mean, he handled it well. He's tough. I mean, right. most guys would have quit in that Allen fight, right? Um, yeah. But if he can handle that um, and and deal with those takedowns like we have seen him do, I I like Soriano here. How do you like him? <sighs> I think he can finish him. I'm going to say first round knockout. Nice. Um, that's that's just my that's my thoughts. I I don't see anything in Maximo striking. Um, but it's so tough because especially now, right? Like, I think that's why MMA is getting so hard to predict Mm -hmm. because in the span of three months, training is only evolving. Everything's getting better, right? Guys are learning how to train smarter and get better, better coaching. And we're seeing guys make, and girls make such significant jumps in their 
their mm-hmm. games that like sometimes these fighters show up and it's like whoa like i mean look at like how we just talked about with francis right we yeah. all went in that fight thinking if if these two bodies touch the ground it's going to be because surreal gone initiated it and he's going to be ending the fight right and that just wasn't Psych. the case yeah i mean because it's just like training and everything like you always have so you always have to take that into account but i'm just going based off their last two performances soriano is just more experience had more and i really think um, coming off that loss to a guy like Brennan Allen, like I said, I, I just have a lot of faith in his team to to right the wrong mm-hmm. here a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, although, you know, Maximov hasn't got a chance to have that L yet, I think the loss to a very experienced, very tough Brennan Allen did a lot for Soriano. It's going to do a lot. You know, you learn where that level is you need to be as far as a cardio or being able to make adjustments. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go Soriano as well. I'm going to go second round TKO. And the reason is, is he gets a lot of really good finishes from like riding that hip and throwing like ground and pound strikes. And if they get into a scramble or if he gets, if he sprawls out and gets around to his back, he throws those, those strikes from the side of the head and under um, really, really hard. And I think he could get a, a finish in there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with Maximov here. I think he's going to, I think he's going to take it by unanimous decision. I think if he does connect, like I know you mentioned he's got some sloppy takedowns every now and then. But I think if he can, the same way we're talking about Soriano cleaning up his act a little bit in terms of cardio, he can clean up his takedowns. I think maybe they've kind of seen that with his with some of his recent fights and made some adjustments, at least some small ones, to get a little cleaner with the takedown entries. Um, and I, again, I think if he gets him down, he'll be able to hold him. So I'll take him by unanimous decision. Yeah, I think these the main and co-main are really similar as far as what the fighters are going to try to do. Yeah. Right. You're looking at, you know, straight punches, stay away from the takedowns, you know, punish them when they can't get to them. And then on the other side, get top control and don't give it up because the guy you're that you're on top of has a chance to finish you if he gets up. So. Yeah. Well, and, I, and then just one more thing for me, like I think too, like giving Maximo a little, you know, something here, I guess. Where I think he could get a little sloppy or desperate in his takedowns, I think he could make up for it in chaining things because he did chain takedowns really well. And that that Brundage that he fought in that last fight was like a D1 or D2 All-American, you know. So it's not like, you know, he's not equipped to go against a guy like Soriano who has wrestling credentials as well. Um, I just think the power is just a little different for Mm -hmm. me. Whereas, like, I feel like where that Brundage maybe hit Maximov coming in, I think, a guy like Punalele put your lights out. Hey, sure. Ray Cooper, that Hawaiian wrestling is different now, man. They're yeah. making some strides. Hey, I'm not mad. Him and Puna, man. Well, there it is, boys. That is this Saturday night. Like we said, February 5th. Super excited for this. I Really, there's it's it's, it's a decent car. Like we, yeah, that one under it, the guy from Kazakhstan, yeah, 17-0. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his Shad name. Shad Catch, Shad Catch, yeah, like that. Yeah, Sam Alvey, who's like 0-7 yeah. <laughs> in his last seven. Uh, he's fighting Phil Haas. Um Duadu, mm-hmm. uh, Hakeem. Hakeem Duadu on the undercard is fighting uh, Trezano, Trezino. Yeah, something like that. that we almost previewed that yeah. fight because that's a really good, con- once again, yeah. two young guys that I'm really excited to see. So. We talked about him in the UK all-time team as far as yep. as a potential 55-er. So. Yep, so there it is. That's this Saturday night. Moving right down the line, boys. We're doing good on time. I think we're going to be able to get to the game yes. unless Brandon really really pisses me off right here <laughs> so let's hear it let's get to brandon's facts don't care about your feelings right, what you got for us so this we kind of kind of touched on some of the similar stuff we're going to get into here with the strickland being a pr nightmare okay. um 
Okay, so I've kind of tossed up how I want to present this to you guys. So I'm going to try to make it as simple as I can, and then we'll see where the discussion goes from there. So the UFC, I'm sticking with the UFC specifically, but really I look at this across all organized, like NBA, uh, MLB, NFL. Athletes in the UFC should not be limited on what they say in their interviews, in their... their um, scrums like any of those media times where they're talking in front of a microphone with the exception of any sort of like call to action like i don't think they should be able to say like this person needs to die or this person needs to get shot like extreme things like that outside of that specifically they should be able to say what they want to say so strickland saying all the crazy stuff he says and specifically mm -hmm. the example that sticks out in my mind was when covington beat woodley remember that interview he came out and he started going off about BLM being a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. He was talking about like oh, Marxism, all the stuff that made had nothing to do with the fight. Um, but people really got upset about that, saying like, "Man, you should really watch what your fighters say." That's really kind of getting out there. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, let them say it. They should be able to use their platform to say what they want to say, regardless of whether or not I agree with it or I think it's right. I think they should have the ability to say it. Again, with the exceptions of the really extreme, like this person needs to die or I want people to attack this person. And you kind of have to throw something into for like, obviously guys can trash talk. So that's okay. Does that make sense with the trash talk versus like, sure, this person needs to die. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I kind of, I, I do disagree with this um, because I feel like, I think it, it is a fine line, right? Because you want... You want, you know, men and women that are in positions where they can have a platform to be able to speak and say the things they want to speak. But I also think, too, to some degree, um, like in using Sean Strickland as an example, some of the words that he uses that I'm not going to say on this podcast, um, especially the homophobic words and, you know, words targeting uh, maybe mentally challenged people and different stuff like the hard, the hard R word, mm -hmm. you know, in that category. Um I do think when you sign up for this job or you take on this role, like you hear some of these guys like, I didn't sign up to be a role model. Well, it's like, yeah, but you're a professional athlete. And I mm -hmm. think that comes with like, like take your job, for example, or like even me and John's jobs, like, you know, there's rules, there's, there's guidelines. Like I can't go into work and say, or do whatever I want. You can't go like when you're talking to clients or patients, like you can't just say whatever you want. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like there's restrictions. And, and I do think, and once again, I know this is this could get a little gray because it's a hard line to walk, but there should be some things that should be off limits completely, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think like, you know, uh, I think a lot of the religion bashing that, you know, happened with Habib and McGregor, that went way too far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a fan of like kids and family being brought into stuff. Sure. Um, I'm definitely not a fan of like homophobic stuff slurs that type of stuff mm -hmm. you know colby covington made a mention one time i can't remember but he was it was like the smoke signals who is he you're talking about like native americans mm -hmm. he was like saying something about sending smoke signals i don't even remember and it was like okay that's you're kind of getting borderline like that mm -hmm. that's where you know you sit a guy like him down and you're like hey like so yeah i guess i say yes and no i think there's just a fine line where you are you should be able to stand on your platform to 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 make your points, but you also have a responsibility. Yeah, I would say I, I agree. I think that there, the the line for me is like, because you're right, like for our job, if we go on Facebook and we like bash our company that hires us and or we post like 
pictures and videos of stuff that's going wrong in there. There's a, I mean, we're gonna probably gonna get fired, yeah. you know, or get time off. Like, you can't. There's just certain things. Once we sign on to work, I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. That being said. I do think there's something to be said about having your, you can kind of say what you want on your own platforms of your brand. So Sean Strickland saying what he wants on his Instagram, that's his name. See, I still disagree with that though. Well, because he, he, this is what I'm saying is it's different. Because I can't go on my Facebook and say what I want about my job. Just like you just said, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I go and bash my company, our company that we work for, mm-hmm. we, we've both seen instances where you lose your job over that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just feel like when you take on a certain role with a certain, with, whatever the guidelines are. The problem is the UFC's never set guidelines because Dana's so like, hey, these guys, you know. Because he knows what sells fights. Sure, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, I do know it's a hard line to walk, but I do feel like there's been several cases, even fighters that I'm fans of, where that line's been crossed and mm-hmm. there's been no reaper, there's been nothing said, yeah. nothing done, and, and, and that's tough. an issue. And it's tough as a business, too, because you're, you know, we've seen it with the NFL, like with the Ray Rice stuff, like certain businesses, if you don't pull away from people who might have done like domestic violence or whatever, right. whatever, if you're not pulling away from that, they'll pull away from you as a sponsor sure. or, you know, stuff like that. And there's certain that, companies who aren't going to take that hit. Yeah. ESPN is not going to play about their sure. money. So if they feel like somebody's taking it too far, it's you're out of there. But like going back, I hate to beat up Strickland right now, but going back to him, the crazy thing is he's not a big like household name yet. Yeah. But if he ends up in a title shot picture, he is going to be that. And then I wonder if the the years now that the UFC has let him go and just openly use homophobic slurs. And I mean, I wouldn't say racial slurs, but like, He's kind of said some sketchy things about black people before, like where he's trying to be funny or like make a joke, yeah. but it's like, it could be ta- like in today's society, you, you just don't want to be caught. Well, you don't want to be caught yeah. on the wrong side of that. Yeah. And so it's like, I do wonder if a guy like him does make it to like that next level, if there will be repercussions or kickbacks from some of these bigger companies that do work with the UFC. Like, well, this guy was calling everybody, you know, right. It sounds like your main concern is derogatory terms. For sure. If I just said, okay, people can't say like these 10 derogatory terms, everything else is fair game. I'd be more of, yeah, because that's that's the hard line though, right? Like that's the line you're trying to walk. Like, do you want to go, like, you don't want to, you know, completely censor people if they really believe in something or stand on something, but there's also things that just, you don't want to stand on. (laughs) Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's just, it is kind of, yes, I would say getting terms... I think one thing that would be great is if there was like contractually, you just cannot talk about religion, family. I'm not even a fan of politics and fighting, man. Like I hate that. Like Colby especially has made his fights so politically charged, which it works. It sells fights. That's why they'll mm -hmm. never stop it. So that was going to be my, when I was kind of kicking this around, I was going to come in with the, okay, I don't, I think that fighters should be allowed to talk about politics, but personally, I don't think they should. Does that make sense? Yeah, in a sense, but it it sucks too when that's when that's the main thing that's selling the fight, and that's yeah. how Colby has sold that's his how he fights. Got his yeah, he he sold his fights politically, and I just don't like that because, and this is just me personally, I don't watch fighting 
to see more divide in our country, especially politically. There's enough of that. Right, if you right. want to see that, you can just turn on. I watch fighting for that's my escape. You know what I mean? So mm. like when I see a lot of that stuff that gets brought into it, it's just kind of like to me, it just kinda, I don't like it because I'm like, it's funny. I mean, it does create funny moments and mm -hmm. funny interviews and press conferences and this and that. And it pisses well, that's people off. how you get off. Donald Trump at your it works. state I, at I'm the not arena. saying it doesn't yeah. work. I'm just personally not a fan yeah. of it because I just don't watch fighting for that reason. I, I love trash talk and banter but I just think there's people that can do it a lot better than just selling out and just like I'm just going to take the one stance that everybody gets mad about or that's really hot right now well and that's not the only thing he does you know he talks about people's families he loves I mean yeah. Covington is as much as like Strickland is the the you know derogatory side of it Covington comes in with the just like real uncomfortable it was Usman yeah because I'm getting where you're you, you're uncomfortable because he was talking about Something about, he said something about your village in Africa. You better send smoke signals for help to your village in Africa. And I'm like, bro, that's Just a little, weird, you're getting a little bit too so far. There interestingly enough there, I don't think, Covington doesn't really cuss, does he? I don't know. But I don't think you have to cuss. So he doesn't cuss. He doesn't really use a lot of derogatory terms. I mean, he definitely. It's more the meaning. Like, uh -huh. if you're talking about, yeah, I think if you're talking about. Uh, your village in Africa sending smoke signals, sending like an S. So like, that's like a little bit like, what, cause I what? don't, I guess I just don't know what you mean by that. Cause to me, I'm insinuating personally, there's like, it's almost like you're, I'm trying to think of how to explain it because like, I don't think Africa, I mean, there's definitely still villages in Africa that are probably underdeveloped, but for the most part, <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you're assuming it's very or, ignorant or yes, you're just projecting ignorance. Exactly. And yeah. When he said, when he talked about villages in Africa? Yeah, or just like, yeah. That was projecting ignorance? Yeah, because you're not, yeah, because when I... It's like chill with the it, Brazil stuff. Yeah, yeah, in a sense. We just get a little bit, like, obviously, you're, it, and it is trash God, that, talk. That's tough, though, because now you're getting me caught up because the chill stuff was so funny. What I don't... Like, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> that was so funny. I didn't even know they had internet. <laughs> so, yeah. like, like, looking at it now, it's like, yeah, that well, probably was <laughs> And I think it leans to kind of what I was talking about with Strickland earlier. Is yeah. Sometimes the personality yeah. makes things hit a little bit different. Yeah. It's crazy. It's kind of funny. So, my reason for not thinking that fighters should talk about politics is... 95% because people who watch the fights like teens kids mm -hmm. even some adults don't don't put in the effort to really understand what's being talked about and so the people it's kind of goes back to the platform right like the people that are saying these things have a lot more influence than maybe they even realize right and so whatever you're saying right or wrong People that will hear it, they'll just take it and run. Yeah, so right. that's where, it can, unless you're somebody who's talking about the politics and you have a firm grasp of what you're actually talking about, that's where it becomes problematic for me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of of the talking about people's like relatives and like wives. And yeah, I think that would just be a good start for me. Which it, it is what it is with the track. Like, like I said, you know, I'm I've been a big fan of sports for a long time. You know, used to watch wrestling when I was younger. You'd get some kind of mix up of like characters and that, and mm -hmm. like I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of like something like battle rap where you can't really have any lines and people are just saying the most disrespectful thing they can because that's the whole objective. Yeah. But with fight, I don't know fighting. It just seems a little bit different. I mean, and a lot of times too, you see once afterwards everything's kind of 
you know, squashed out after they fight. But it's just interesting. I, I don't know. It, it is an interesting idea, but I do think there is some weird blurry lines. Yeah, I think a good start for me would just be let's start with, like, certain words. Like, even <laughs> as a fighter, like, even outside of media day or fight week that, like, if you're doing an interview and you're representing yourself as a fighter in that interview, like, let's not say this, you know? Like, let's have some repercussions. Maybe next week we'll get into the repercussions. There we go. Part two, baby. I love it. <laughs> we haven't had a part two yet on that. I know. So. We'll, we'll do a continuation. Uh, well, boys, let's get into the game real quick. Um, pretty simple, like I said. Just called. We'll just call it Who Said It. I'm just going to read out a quote. You guys are supposed to tell me who said it. Um, I won't require you to tell me when, where they said it. Um, and then I will play the clip after you guys both guess. Are you ready? Yeah. Super simple. First quote, boy. And, and keep in mind, for people listening, there is so many quotes that I could use for this, right? Mm-hmm. This is so hard. But I can't do simple ones, right? Like, yeah. I'm not surprised, mother. Like, like that's yeah. so easy. Can't do right? my balls are hot. I can't do it. It's just too easy for these guys. Right. So I had to go a little bit deeper, some, some different ones over the years. First one is, boo me. I'm getting money in championship belts. What's up? Mm. This is pretty recent. Boo me. I'm getting money in championship belts. What's up? Mm. You know it's a champion, at least. Right. I'm going to play the cl- uh, clip after both of you guys guess. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be John's game, but I don't know. Just take a guess. We need a guess. Five, uh, four, three, two, one. Let's <sighs> see him. Flip him around. Usman, I blanked out, man. John, John went with nothing. We're going to play it. This might be a hard game. <laughs> I, I thought out. this would be the easy one. <laughs> All right, here it is, boys. This is our first one right here. I don't understand. Boomy, I'm getting money in championship belts. What's up? Mm. Well, see, DC, in my head, I started DC, going over like Daniel Cormier, see, UFC when, 210. When you, and when you play it, I'm like, oh. I know. Yeah, yeah. UFC 210, when he defended the light heavyweight title against Anthony Johnson and the crowd booed him. I don't understand it. Um, okay, <laughs> zero zero. <laughs> All right, next one. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna go home tonight, sit down with my friends and family, and hell, I might even get on top of my wife tonight. See y'all later. Ooh, John went, John went fast with that one. I'm gonna go home tonight, sit down with my friends and family, and hell, I might even get on top of my wife tonight. See y'all later. Flip them, boys. John got it. <laughs> Let's play it. Brandon said, chill, son, and here we go. I love it. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to sit out with my friends and family. And hell, I might even get on top of my wife tonight. See y'all later. Brock Lesnar also at UFC 100 quote. after defeating Frank. And I'm going to go drink a Coors Light because Bud Light doesn't want to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> Remember after he beat Kane, he was like, I'm going to go home, eat some tacos, and drink a Corona. Brock Lesnar, man. Nothing uh, like that guy. Oof. Next one. So John's got a point. Yes. It is one. Might zero. be the only point we get. So. Yeah. I feel like you guys are going to get this one. All right. I, I don't, I don't like, put that pressure on me. I feel like you guys will get this one. Vanderlei Silva, six feet tall and 205 pounds. Boy, before I met you, I didn't know they could stack crap that high. Both of these guys got it yeah. right. It is Chael Sonnen. Vanderlei Silva. <laughs> The wrestling promos, man. Six feet tall and 205 pounds, boy. Until I met you, I didn't know they could stack crap that high. 
love it. I also like to be known that we do not own the rights to any of these. <laughs> yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, so for this one, I'm going to give a little context. Okay. I feel like it's fair for this one. Uh, this fighter, this fighter's opponent, told them that he would break him piece by piece, and this was the fighter's response: "I eat my shit whole. I don't take fucking piece by piece. I don't chew it. I don't do nothing. I'm going to eat you up for dinner, boy. Ain't nothing for leftovers." This fighter eats his shit whole. <laughs> Which fighter said he eats his shit whole, boys? John seems confident again. I'm not very confident. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just going for the cringe. It's two right to there. one. Two to one. I eat my shit whole. I don't take piece by piece. Who said it? Uh, Brandon said Rampage Jackson. John said Henry Cejudo. Both are wrong. I'm going to play the clip and see if you guys get it. Breaking you're in a piece by night, piece, boy. artistically breaking you. I eat my shit whole. I don't fucking take piece by piece. The more the you talk, night. the bigger the I'm gonna ask time. you to look on July 7th. Time. That's all I gotta say. I don't chew on nothing the whole time. I don't chew on nothing. Michael Johnson, Justin mm. Gaethje, uh, pre-fight press conference. That's a tough one, dude. I'm telling you, go watch that. That uh, was one of the most cringiest back and forth because they're both terrible oh yeah. at trash talking. I chew on uh, nothing. I eat my shit whole, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like what? You eat shit? What? Huh? I don't take piece by piece. Uh, okay. <laughs> Last one. This one's always been a personal favorite of mine, so I had to throw it in here for the first one. We can do this a lot. This is this is right. so. This game is so easy. Um, this is one of my first. So a little context for this one. Uh, this fighter was asked, I'll give a little hint, at an airport, what his game plan was for the fight by a reporter. And this was his answer. The, I'm going to try not to laugh because I, I just love this clip. <laughs> the game plan is to go in there, hit him with some good shit, don't get hit, and uh, come home with a pocket full of cash. Brandon seems confident. I'm not. Straight to the board. The game plan is to go in there, hit him with some good shit, don't get hit and uh, come home with a pocket full of cash. Who said it? Brandon said Nate Diaz. John said Max Holloway. Brandon got it right. Yes. It was Nate Diaz. Tied Let's watch it. it. The game it plan going out against him. The game plan is you go in there, hit him with some good shit, don't get hit, and uh, come home with a pocket full of cash. I love my what? boy Nate Diaz. That's 2-2. Two -two. Yeah. Yep. This is bad. Um, Might have to pull up a tiebreaker real quick. Dang it. What could I do? I'm panicking. Mm. Um, what was another one? Do you have any other potentials that you... I did, but I don't like quote for quote. Mm. Um, I could like say it, but I don't know like the quote for quote. Um, Just say it and see if we can get close. So this fighter said in a back and forth with another fighter that uh, he doesn't chase pussy. He's never had to chase pussy. And he's not going to be doing it. Something he would say. Oh, both of you guys missed it. <laughs> I never had to chase pussy in my life on December 30th. I don't have to. I never chased pussy in my life. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I've never chased pussy my whole life and I don't have to. I'm not doing it this Saturday night. What are you, Dominic Cruz was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
The, the, He's another. They're le- both legitimately cringe. the king of cringe, Cody Garbrandt. Oh, yeah. You know what? To be continued. We'll play this next yeah. week. Ooh. I'll come up with three Part more. Part two of the, yeah. his. And I'll come up with three more next week. Apparently, I did not expect this to end in a tie. Uh, I'm just happy I salvaged that because I was not confident with any of those. No, you guys you guys did good. I don't know if I would have done that well. Um, obviously, like I would have got the Nate Diaz one, the Vanderlei Silva, the, the Sonnen one, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. Everybody's got that one. The rest of them, I don't know if I would have remembered. That Brock one was an all-time, though. <laughs> I might even go home and climb on top of my wife today. Because, like, she was in the ring when he said I that. Know. She was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boys, let's get to the news. Let's da- go. Boys, Dana White speaks. Finally, we have an answer on the uh, <laughs> debacle. Uh, says there was no disrespect meant by not being in the cage to put the belt on Francis Ngannou. Says he was uh, backstage dealing with an issue. Didn't make it back in time to give him the belt. Um, also referenced that he was around Francis all week and even shook his hand. Big deal. He shook his hand. You guys buying this? No. All right, no. no. I don't really. I didn't really <laughs> feel like I was either. He said there was another time that this happened, but I can't remember who the fighter was or what the circumstances were. But but then he finished it up with saying, "But I made it out there in time." So it's like, well, you you actually like. I don't know what the issue was. I don't know what would have been so important that you couldn't be out there to at least run out there for two minutes and wrap the belt around the dude's waist. You have a whole staff. Yeah. You have people you hired. Like, there's no, there's literally nothing that somebody couldn't handle for you to put a belt on the baddest man in the planet. Yeah. Why didn't he make the press conference? Did he say that? That, No, uh, I don't, I feel like he might have. I mean,. It was a power move. Like, yeah. even it, because here's the thing, he has to, Francis has to see you. Well, you're, you're just trying boss. to diminish the win a little right. bit. Like, like, make it look not as official. Right. You know, right. I mean, there's it, a big deal. And I don't even know how, because Francis probably, since like, oh, here's this guy not showing, like, he probably felt a certain way, but probably wasn't as much as everybody else was. But that was definitely a power move. Yeah. Like, like I said, you have all these people. You can't tell me that Sean Shelby couldn't have went back there and handled something or anybody yeah. else. Like, well, oh, and then he did, re- like, how we referenced the Silva thing last week. He was like, you know, when I didn't like it, you know, I, I at least, I still showed up, you know, when if I wasn't busy, I would have at least been there to tell you why I wasn't out there to put the belt on no, him. Cause I've done, you know, cause, yeah. you know, cause he, he showed up to the, you know, but like we said last week, he even showed up to that. So I don't know what would have been. He said, he was said, I think he said he walked out maybe like before the main, like I don't even know if he was out there for the main event, which seems a little fishy to me. Like, seems like he missed, the, but like, what's so important? These are, this is the heavyweight division. Who? What's bigger than the heavyweight division, right? Not, you know and what honestly, I mean? Honestly, how you want to get in as good as graces as you can with Francis for when yeah. these when you're negotiating. You right. don't want him to hate you or have any ill will. Sure. So if you was really trying, like, oh, I, I love Francis. I've been seeing him all week. Blah, 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 blah. You'd have been out there to congratulate him so you could say, hey, man, you know, we love you. We want you here, blah, blah, blah. But it was a power move. The, the the reasoning just made me think even more like he didn't expect as much blowback for not being there and since he got it he had to come up with something real quick ah you know had something came up yeah. somebody spilled coffee back there <laughs> yeah I just don't know what on my suit I don't know what it could be um but we already have some uh, I guess you could say releveraging by Francis mm. and his team a little bit more this is starting to take shape we're starting to see the picture form here uh, Francis and Ganu's manager says this week that the heavyweight champ will likely undergo knee surgery in March. 
mm-hmm. um, with the recovery time taking between nine to 10 months. Uh, so this obviously blows everything wide open, in my opinion. This takes him to the end of the year, yeah. which inevitably... Um, Not the contract. Because well, he, he won't fight this year, which means his contract will expire, and he will theoretically become, a, I'm guessing, a, a free agent in January, unless they figure out something between now and then. Um I also thought it was interesting, this quote came through MMAfighting.com, um, that he said Francis will likely undergo the surgery. Um, so clearly there's still a bit of posturing going on. You know, Francis's camp is not wanting to fully lay out the game plan or what mm. they're going to do. Um, but I also think we might inevitably see Francis stripped or an interim champion fight uh, this year. I think that's inevitable now. Um, but I think which would, whichever one of those happens is going to determine, we'll kind of know... If they strip him, we know this is not going good at all. Mm-hmm. Talks have broke down. They don't plan on him, or they're at least, you know, mm-hmm. th- you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, if they it would plan be their, on, their Trump move, well, their like, Trump card. Right, because with, you know, Lewis gone, they knew uh, Francis was going to come back and fight again, right? So they just did the interim. If they full out just strip him, I mean, because we've seen them let some champions hold on to some belts for a while, yeah. right? Injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they just flat out strip him and, you know, say – we see Jones Stipe in July, you know, for the mm-hmm. heavyweight title, the heavyweight, not the interim, the heavyweight are gone's in the picture. Um, but this blows everything wide open, in my opinion. Yeah. This is going to be a year of uh, back and forth between Francis and the UFC, I think. Yeah, I think this is definitely going to be uh, a test of, because here's the other thing, what company's not going to pay Francis to come be there? I mean, you're seeing these companies put out money now. You see PFL will pay people. You see Bellator is willing to pay people. Yeah, but his best bet is to be in the UFC. I mean, there's just no yeah. bigger market for him, obviously. you know, Or boxing. Could, well, but if he's not getting paid what he wants, then somebody else is yeah. willing to pay him yeah. more. But I don't think even going and winning a million dollars in PFL, he's getting more than a million dollars every UFC fight. I can guarantee that. Yeah. You know, he's probably between five and seven is what I would probably guess. Just right. guessing. I'm just speculating off when you look at, like I said, we're like last week where a guy like Jones, we know is kind of at, I would guess Francis's ballpark, at least in there somewhere. Um, so he's still not going to probably make more anywhere else, you know, and you still want him to be fighting for the big, I just hope they can figure it out, but yeah. I just don't know. man. I think if you don't, I do think you see him go the boxing route. Cause there is more money it, at that point. You may as well. He's older. Yeah. If you're not going to be able to be in the best organization, go make hundreds also of millions the, boxing, you know, getting your knees done, man. You just never know either mm-hmm. how you bounce back from something like that. So you don't know what he'll even be like, you know, right. it, it's going to be interesting, but this year is going to be very telling. I think what, whatever they do next, whether it be an interim or just a flat out stripping mm-hmm. rechamp, you know, new champion, that's going to tell us a lot of where that relationship really is. And if Dana was just backstage dealing with the Nelk boys, mm. probably fighting, yeah. fighting MGK or something. I don't know. <laughs> something. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just don't know what right. could have been so important. Like if there was like a bomb threat or, you know, like, Hey, we have like an active shooter potentially in the building. Like, I, I just don't know. But even then, why would he be involved? Right. Yeah, I just He's probably the first one to go to the yeah. bunker or wherever. Yeah, I just don't. Like, did Halle Berry not get her seats or, like, what, yeah. what's going on? Like, because I feel like all this, like you, John, said, like, he's got a staff. Um, so we'll see, man. Um, next bit, uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez apparently are front runners to coach the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. Um, I know, John, we talked about this earlier. I love this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a very legit rivalry. These two have real beef. It'd be funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pena's actually not a bad trash talker. Mm-hmm. She's, she's funny. She has experience. Came off The Ultimate Fighter. She's been on TV. She kind of knows that system, how that would work. Um, 
I love it. And she has beef with uh, Nina, Amanda's wife, which right. would just, I think once again, it just kind of <laughs> add to the drama and make mm. it equally as funny. Um, I'm for it. It'd yeah. make, I would want to watch It'd that. It'd be interesting to see what Amanda brings with her leaving ATT, like what, who she would bring, like what her camp. I didn't like. know she was leaving ATT. Yeah, that was the well, at least that's the rumors. That I didn't she's, see that yeah, she so was like, leaving, and Juliana was basically like, "It's a really, it's, it's, a, it's a mess in there. Good for her, kind of almost really." So, I didn't see that. It, that would, that makes it a lot. Of, I imagine the coaches she probably was using every day, maybe, or maybe she's doing a complete rebuild. Like, hey, you know, I just lost. I need to, yeah. you know, be <clears throat> do something fresh. So she go hit up Cejudo. Yeah, to everybody else's right. <laughs> uh, Jan Blachowicz is out of the March 26th main event with Alexander Rakic. Apparently, the plan is to rebook them at a later date and find a new main event. That's the Columbus card. Um, I know we had talked about going. I was really hoping for that as the main event. So I'm definitely going to be following this and see yeah. who they replace. Replacement. Crow Cop and Martin Campman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk, Martin, we, Martin we have, Campman, Campman's coming back yeah. as a heavyweight. <laughs> we, ha- we haven't got to talk about it, but we've had a long beef with the UFC and the cards that they've brought to Indiana. Yeah, they've always been... Not the best. Well, you know, like one time they threw Cerrone on one, I remember. Matt Brown, seems like he's usually on him yeah. around that time because Midwest, you know, yeah. he's from Ohio. But, yeah, they've never been great. Mm-mm. Usually the Chicago cards are pretty good. Yeah, and I think the that Jan's injury was like a spine injury or something. I didn't see. That's what I couldn't find. He tweeted why. about it. Okay. I think it was something on his spine that was keeping him from being able to do any, like. That would make sense because Ariel Hawani is the one that reported this, and he said that the, the – booking it later this year, yeah. which I'm like, man, that's a long time. And if yeah. I'm Rakich, you know, say Jerry beats, beats Glover, I'd want to be next in line, you yeah. know? So I would, I'd be like, who can you give me? Or am I good mm-hmm. to wait? And if, you know, Jerry wins, you know, you don't really give Glover a rematch. I don't think off of one, you know, it's not like he's retained a bunch depend, of time. Depend how the fight goes. How the fight, yeah, obviously. Right. But, you know, I would want some type of hopefully reassurance that, you know, he could fill into that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing uh, I did throw this in here, and I'll explain obviously why. But uh, Jeremy Stevens, the little heathen, no longer with the UFC. Um, he was a you know early in his career, he's very legit. He was a contender, I would say. Um, but finished uh, his time with the promotion, oh five and one in six fights. Oof. But this is why I say credit to him because he literally fought the craziest killers at 145 pounds yeah. over that six fight run. Jose Aldo, Zabit, Yair twice, Calvin Cater, and Matej Gamrot. That was his last six. I mean, is that like just murderer's row at 145 mm-hmm. pounds mm-hmm. for a guy that really, and maybe by, maybe he wanted those fights. I'm not going to say, but like, Probably should have taken, you know, after, you know, you lose all those to beat, you know, the the first year your fight was a little weird because it was an eye poke. Um, but, like, probably should have taken a step back. And it was like, nope, give me Calvin Cater. And then, oh, now I'm going to take this young killer in Matej Gamrat. Um, so, kind of unfortunate. But apparently uh, he, well, last I saw this, it was reported um, by Hawani that he was close to finalizing a deal uh, with PFL. For this oh. upcoming season, so good for him. I wouldn't you know. be. I was thinking like I could see him doing the bare knuckle thing like everybody else. No, it's PFL, um, <clears throat> and it's going to be at a one fifty five. So he's nice. going to he'd be obviously moving up. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe that's what he needs. Like I said, right. good for him. But you know, to take on that those types of killers, you know, for as long right. as the fights that he had been through and the stage of his career that he was fighting them, it's like I don't think that's completely telling of Jeremy Stevens as a fighter. You know, yeah. Well, and you know, going to PFL, it'll not to say that they don't have really good people, but it'll probably be nice for him to get some like maybe first couple fights aren't necessarily these. Let me ask you guys. Top notch. Okay, Volkanovski. Who you say like we're the top? Volkanovski, Max Holloway, um, 
let's just say Volkanovski. Do you guys think in six fights, Alexander Volkanovski gets through Jose Aldo, Zabit, Yair Rodriguez twice, Calvin Cater, and Matej Gamrat? Yes, think Vol- the only one I feel like is a question for me would be Zabit. I'm not saying he wins all of them, loses all of them, but how do you think he would even fare... You know oh. what I mean? Like, I'm just saying for a right. guy like Jeremy Stevens at that stage in his career to be fighting. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's a lot. The odds for him cleaning now, that out would Jose be Jose has obviously crazy. since moved down. You know, that that was that fight with Stevens was years ago when he was still a 145-pounder. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's a killer. That's like a murderer's yeah. row, dude. Yeah. So, so just threw that in there. Right. That's all the news I got, boys. Anything else I missed before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh. Ryan Bader last night for yes. Bellator. Oh yeah, thank you for saying that. He um, gets the retained the the heavyweight match and he's getting a rematch with Czech Congo in Paris yes. in May. Uh, man, it's it's so crazy. This Ryan like Ryan Bader has to be the most successful outside of UFC fight. Like a fighter who leaves the UFC, I think he's got to run through uh, Czech, Congo. Yeah, too. their heavyweight division is just a little weird. Yeah. Man. Um, also, Benson Henderson finally got his first win in Did a while. He? Yeah. Um, I saw that big tuna guy lost. I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah. <laughs> so there was there was a couple. There's nobody else that's like super yeah. notable on that card. And then obviously we had the Eagle FC. Yeah, Rashad Evans. Yeah, pulled it out. First win since like 2013. And then I saw like Tyrone Spong got demolished. And like I don't get it with Tyrone Spong, which I know he was more of a kickboxer that came yeah. into MMA. But man, he just never figured it out well, with MMA. And it's weird because like, they look like three different weight classes. Yeah. Like that Kurnov dude looked like he was probably 150 pounds heavier. Yeah. And he didn't, he really didn't stand anything with the striking, but he didn't have to do much to take sprung down and then he couldn't get up. Did you guys see Habib's like press conference where he said that like, if the UFC doesn't want to, Oh, they said, "Watch out because we're here. Basically, if you guys don't want to want to pay these belt, guys, yeah. like I'm gonna take, I'm gonna start I taking s- them up." I saw some clips. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he kind of went out the UFC. He also a bit. he also said that he offered Jake Paul a contract. He said, and he's waiting to hear from him. Why not? But then Jake Paul, obviously, he said, "I'll do it, but I have to fight you." And blah 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 blah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Well, that's our news, uh, Brandon. It was supposed to be your week for Sound of the Week, but I'm taking it over. You've done this to me before. And I'm taking it over for, no speaking of Jake you, Paul. From the UFC, put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Yeah. Now everybody from the UFC, let's go. Put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Let's go. Fuck Dana. Yeah. Fuck Dana White. Yeah. Fuck Dana. Let's hear it, Brandon. Dana yeah. White. Go, this Brandon. Fuck <laughs> Dana White. Go, Brandon. Fuck Dana White. The beginning McGregor, of that. I ain't seen you win in five years. Rich little weirdo ugly ass veneers Took so many losses Rounded up in VMAs Trying to fight with MGK No surprise here Lamborghini boat But your career is sinking Really got me wondering What he is thinking Yes Jake Paul yeah. Made a diss song About Dana White Jorge Masvidal Nate Diaz Conor McGregor Chris Cyborg's in the music video Yeah He should've got Stan Efferdine Sorry if I just blew Everybody's eardrums out I didn't hey. realize Until Brandon, I looked at the mixer It was like Br- Brandon the-, the first part of that song Do you know where he got that from? What first part? The um, well, how does it start out? The the whole it's. Oh, I'll tell you anyways. It's from the eight, eight mile stuff. Yeah, the whole. Have you ever seen eight everybody mile? Yeah. from the three one three? That part. He that's what he says at the beginning. Something about uh, okay. yeah. in the UFC. Are you gonna be listening to that throughout the week? I feel like yeah. absolutely not. Brandon, you still got song of the week. I just. No, I don't. You took it. It's cool. No, I was just. I was that was a joke. joke. It was oh, like a completely okay. joke. Sketch. I was kind of. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> there goes our sketch show, I'm guys. St- <laughs> Brandon's like, no, I'm actually mad now. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I just, I thought that was it. I thought that was no, Brandon. Week. No, I was kind of tying it into the news, trying to make a joke. Sorry. 
It it fell flat. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you guys want uh, early 2000s punk rock or do you want 80s rock? Oh, my goodness. You know what? Just for the sake of just hearing what you were listening in the early 2000s, I want the punk rock. Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be terrible. All right, this is Girl All the Bad Guys Want by Bowling for Soup. Do you know who that is? I want the 80s. Sounds like a medicine. I want the 80s. Bowling for Soup. Have you heard that? There's no way that's even probably on Apple Music. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Bowling oh for my, Soup? Oh, my gosh. No. We're doing you that said, one. You said Bowling yes. for Soup. What was your 80s? Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider. You don't know who that is either, do you? No. Uncultured swines. <sighs> well, I guess I'll let you. You just pick. played. You just played this Jake Paul crap, and then you don't know who these two are. Dude, wow. he was dissing Connors than ears. Yeah, I know yeah. that was pretty good. <laughs> Which song do you think Oliver would like more? Yeah, the Jake Paul. If song. I have anything to say about it, hopefully not. Just saying, you can dance. Well, which it. one is it? The first one, oh, Bowling for Soup. What is it? Girl of the bad guys want Bowling for Soup. <laughs> I'm so I'm so so sorry if you follow us on Instagram and you have to hear that song on our story tomorrow <laughs> or on Monday just when turn this comes it down out. Just see in the story. Yeah, just just click the story, watch it. Make sure you find your way to the I mean, link, get to the episode, but you do not have to listen to this abysmal when song. We, when oh we, my! You don't, you don't even know what it is. Gosh! When we make the the Neon Belly playlist, which we need to do anyways, because we have some yes. pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Just know that when you're going through, and you're like, oh man, these songs are all fire, and you get to and this. then it gets to the Bowling Soup song. Yeah. How much music do you listen to a week? A week? Mm-hmm. I like don't even know how to answer that. Like how many, how many days day. a week? Okay. Like if you're driving to work, are you listening to music or are you in the No, silence? I listen to music when I do notes. Like do my notes for work. Okay. Which so is like how much time? 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day. Okay. Sometimes an hour. It depends on how many people You're like a savage you. for that. Because like when I'm working on the episode and typing I or like editing, I can't have music. Like I have to. Yeah. I got to be so focused. No, on. I'm always listening to music. I, I wish I could do that. I'm so jealous of that. Uh, boys, before we get out of here, John, what's your one for the people? I got an anime recommendation for the people. Who oh, God. Anime. Okay, you can skip this. Tokyo too. Revengers. Hold on, hold check on. it out. Hold on. Hold on. What? Tokyo Revengers, check it you out. Don't, do not watch that. HBO Max. Don't worry about that. Uh, Brandon, what's your one for the people? Um, listen, if you're if you're curious, like if you're new to work now and you just don't know where to start, um, 531. What is going on with this episode? What did you guys... Oh, wait. What? What's wrong with that? What are you talking about? 531. Jim is- it's a, okay, so we oh, interviewed a guy from oh, Matt Talks. Oh, if okay. You let me time finish. out, time out. Sorry. I thought you said working. I said working out. Okay, I didn't hear the out. I oh, apologize. because you were too busy you need, trying to insult me. <laughs> you need folders or... I'm like, go to, go to jobshare.com. <laughs> like, oh, go to Mozilla. Sorry. Now you're playing footsie. Yeah, I just hit footsie with you. I'm sorry, Brandon. So Finish what you were saying. Somebody we featured on a Matt Talk, actually, Jim Windler. He, Our highest... Most famous. Most listened yeah. to episode. Like, you guys his, have no idea. His whole philosophy is built on this thing called 531. I just I just wrote out my six-week thing because I go through cycles. Doing it again? Oh, he's got a bunch of different programs. So I do anything I do is his, but it's okay. always different ones. So anyway, um, just did a new one, started six weeks. But anyway, if you're curious, you don't know where to start with working out or like what to do, he's a good place to go. So check out Five Three One by Jim Miller because it's great stuff. And then go listen to our math talk with him. Absolutely, because we literally interviewed the guy that wrote this program, mm-hmm. and you can literally go listen to it. A Neon Belly podcast. Mm-hmm. Scroll back. Jim Winler. So trying to do a cool little bug there, but then Nate was too busy Sorry. trying to, you know, shut me no, down. No, that was a beautiful. That I, I I didn't hear workout. Yeah. I just heard no, it. You know you what guys, that's if, called? That's called selective hearing, Nate. No, I just heard it. If yeah. you guys are looking for work, uh, go to 531. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like Uh Mine. You guys can feel free to make fun of this. Um, so last night, for the first time, actually, in like six years, I watched Royal Rumble. I watched professional wrestling. No fighting last night. Well, there was the uh, Bellator, but obviously I don't have uh, as an HBO Showtime. Showtime. Uh, so uh, 
WWE apparently, which I didn't know this, a buddy of mine texted me this, I didn't know, is free now. Uh, they used to have the WWE Network. You can watch, as long as you have Peacock, which most people, if you have like Comcast or Xfinity, do have it, you can watch all the pay-per-views for free. So I'm like, it's Saturday night, why not? I'll watch the Royal. I used to love the Royal. That was like my favorite. Um, it was okay. Like, I mean, I don't I don't really know anybody, like too many people now. You know who won. But shout out to Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar. Like, what's up with MMA? Like, you know, Ronda Rousey, I came back last night. I guess she'd been gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. Would well, we know she was gone? Um, and then Brock Lesnar both winning the male and female Royal Rumble. Johnny Knoxville. You know who actually blew me away? Bad Bunny. Yeah. The, you know I'm yeah. TV, the, the reggaeton like, uh, artist. He's like a reggaeton art. Like dude. So yeah, I mean you. I wouldn't expect you to know him. You're talking about Uncultured. bowling. You're talking about bowling he and is. soup or something. Um, he's, he's a like, mega star. He's like yeah. He's got like 300 billion followers or something mm-hmm. on. But. Uh, he like has wrestled a couple times. Apparently, they said, but dude, he was like legit. Like, nice. you know, like Johnny Knoxville came out mm-hmm. and he was one of the entrants, and he actually it was funny. But you know, like usually celebrities will come out. Did he eliminate anybody? Who Knoxville? Please it tell seems, me he eliminated one person. No, I don't think he. I don't think he did. Nice. Bad Bunny did. He eliminated yeah. like three. Dude, he's like a legit wrestler. <laughs> nice. I'm like, holy cow, dude, that was like crazy. But yeah, shout out to the uh, MMA people, man. Brock Lesnar and. Ronda, I don't do we do we claim Brock Lesnar as an MMA guy? We have to. He was yeah. a champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a rock in the He's a wrestler man. first, I guess. Yeah, but still, like MMA and wrestling. What's up? You claim Bobby Lashley as MMA? <laughs> I mean, he was like what four and zero something like yeah. that. He talked a lot of cash. Said that he was he like he did like legit interviews. Mm-hmm. I think he did one with Ariel Hawani and said that he thinks that he would have beat Lesnar and he said like they were very similar yeah. in their skill set. Bobby Lashley used to be my favorite wrestler. Really? Yeah. He's a champion now. My boy hit them key locks in MMA, he, boy. He beat Brock for the belt, and then Brock ran it back, came out in the Royal Rumble. What's up? Nice. Um, but, yeah, guys, this uh, this Wednesday, I mean, come back. Matt talk with the Mark Slater from Coliseum Combat, promoter, mm-hmm. owner, what did you call him, matchmaker, probably Magician. does it all. We're going to find out. Right. <laughs> That's what we're going to tell you. Hopefully we'll be there. If not, we will see you guys next Monday. Yeah. For all MMA need, needs, uh-huh. uh, 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 enjoy the yeah. fights this weekend. You guys are so screwed when we interview Izzy and we start talking about anime. And you guys got to act like. Uh, that's it. That's it. John, John's mic's off. John's mic's off. See you guys later. Peace.